You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Outstanding Life Podcast. I want to say a big hello to all my friends tuning in on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Today we are sitting in the brand new Outstanding Life Studios. Got my good friend Joe Downing. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Glad to be here again, Johnny. Man, what do you think of the new studio, huh? Looks pretty good. This is fantastic. Looks pretty good. It really does. Yeah. Now, Joe, you've been coming to me for over a month now, and I've been putting you off for over a month now. Right. Because you had an idea for a podcast. I did. What was it? Tell everybody. Well, the idea was that uh, you've done a tremendous number of episodes of the Outstanding Life podcast. I'm like, what, what can we find out about Johnny D? How about we Johnny D be the interviewee and not the interviewer? And so why it took so long, Joe, I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It is so uncomfortable sitting on the other side from you knowing that I don't know what you're going to ask me. Yeah. Well, isn't it kind of wild? You got a new studio and you're already sitting on the wrong side of it. Totally the wrong side. <laughs> but I am comfortable. So um, right. it looks like you did your homework. I you, did. I I'm did. kind of scared. You got like three or four pages of, of notes there. So, uh, yeah. well, we're going to we're going to get into it here. All right. And, uh, so uh, let, let's start with this. Uh, before you ever gave your first keynote address and let's say even before you gave your very first motivational speech. Who were you and what were you doing? Good question. Good question. I was, um, well, let me, let me start. I was a landscaper. So I owned a landscaping company. I sold that company and I went to a, I went to work for a fortune 500 company, Okay, worked my way up. I was in sales, then got into the marketing side of things. And I ended up being the marketing director for a fortune 500 company. Okay. And then decided that, um, I was going to be a motivational speaker. And I had no idea what the heck, you know, I was going to do, how I was going to do it. So uh, my buddy says one day, he says, uh, listen to this tape. Now, that's how long ago, Joe, okay. it was. He said, listen to this tape. And I was like, man, I do this for my sales team all the time. Yeah. And uh, so I just called the guy. I called it Larry D'Angie. I called Larry. I said, hey, listen, I can do what you do. Yeah. Like, I've never heard that now, right? After 25 years. And uh, he says, oh, really? What do you do now? He asked me all the, you know, all these questions. He says, well, I'm going to give you some homework. Okay. He goes, and if you don't do it, don't call me back. (laughs) I did it. And uh, so that's who I was. Awesome. You know, I was top sales. I think we had 50,000 salespeople in the company. I was top 50 every single week. And, you know, just like uh, when you do really well in sales, and you're making way too much money, uh-huh. they move you to management. Okay. <laughs> so they can work you to death and only pay you a salary. Pay you a salary, yeah. Wow, so, that's interesting. What were you selling? What? I was selling um, chemicals. Okay. All right. Not drugs. Okay, I was, that, was, that was my next question. All right. <laughs> I worked for uh, True Green Chemlon. Yeah. So Chemlon okay. back in oh, the day. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the company. Are they still yeah. around? Or? Yeah. Matter okay. of fact, I've, I've been at this in this house for 16 years, yeah. and I still use them to this day. Okay. Incredible company. All right. Great. So Great. So uh, motivational speaker, why that? I mean, okay, so you're in marketing. Why couldn't you just, you know, in sales, why couldn't you be a sales consultant or a fireman or something? Motivational speaker isn't like at the top of most people's list. Joe, I got to be honest with you. Another great question. I had no idea what a motivational speaker was okay. until I heard that guy speak that day okay. on that tape. Yeah. With my Walkman. Okay. Walking around <laughs> walking around the neighborhood. So this isn't five years ago. No. No. no, no, no. no. <laughs> some, some of the kids are listening right now going, what's a tape? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so back then I didn't even know what a motivational speaker was. It wasn't like on my radar. Yeah. But it's funny you asked that. Because I remember I was young and I was riding my big wheel. So I was what, four or five years old, maybe? Yeah. And I remember, I remember this like it was just an hour ago. Mm -hmm. I remember riding my big wheel knowing that one day 
that I would be speaking in front of lots and lots of people. Really? So back then I thought, oh, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be destined a, to be a priest. You were thinking at the time. Well, I thought I was going to be an actor. <laughs> okay, better yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being on TV or something. You know, in front of lots of people. Sure. And um, my first talk, I was at uh, Disney World, and I spoke there. Not not my first talk, but my first big talk. And yeah. I was like, holy cow! That moment came back to me. Yeah. Wow. Like here I am on stage wow. in front of all these people. And did you ride your big wheel back to the hotel? I man, I, I tell you what, I glided back. Yeah, I, I yeah. do I was on cloud nine. But it was funny. That that particular day, I'll never forget, I took the stage and it was my first time in front of thousands of people. Okay. And um, I think it was like thirty two hundred people, thirty five hundred people. Yeah. I took the stage and I literally forgot who I was, what I was going to talk about. You talk about stage fright. You talk about, I took this, I'll never forget it. I took the stage and I just stood there staring at everybody. Oh man. And the more I stood there, the louder they got. Yeah. And then I was like, what? I can't even remember my name right now. Oh no. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this being from Detroit. Yeah. I remember going to uh, the Red Wings game a couple okay. nights before that. And they always do the wave and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Right. So I had everybody do the wave and I started being able to breathe again. Okay. You and brought yourself some, some time. Yes, I brought, yeah, but everybody thought it was great. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of good that, that you're doing this. It brings back so many memories yeah. that I completely forgot about. So, so I'm just trying to think like how this process worked. Cause here you are, you got a paycheck coming in, right? You got bills to pay, I'm sure. Did you do it like a slow transition while you were still working? You started giving speeches or did you just like cold turkey walk in one day and like, nah, I'm a motivational speaker now, even though you had never given a speech. Another great question. First of all, let me say that my dad thought I was the stupidest guy on earth when I told him I was going <laughs> to- A little concerned for your sanity. <laughs> yes. But, um, but I saved up a little, mon little money, yeah. sold everything that I had. And uh, so I had a little bit of money, but no, it was cold turkey. Walked wow. in and I says, you know what? I'm going to, like, like, like people always say, do not burn- any bridges. Johnny D thinks burn every bridge you possibly can so you can't go back to what you hated. Okay. Yeah, and guess what? Advice, it worked for you, I, didn't it? I, I never looked back, and I'll, but I'll never forget when I was, I told the branch manager, I said, hey, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm giving you my two weeks. He says, I don't even want your two weeks. He says, and don't think after six months of you failing you're going to come back here and you're going to get your wow. job back. Wow. And I just looked at him and I said, boy, you, I thought you were a good Christian man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, never oh, looked, man. never looked back. Wow. Good so deal. cold Turkey. You were probably scared out of your boots. I'm uh, assuming. I remember leaving that day. I remember praying. Mm -hmm. I remember going, what the heck did you just get yourself into? And I thought to myself, God, why did you do this to me? And this is one time that I literally felt God talk back to me. Mm -hmm. And he says, wait a second, you've been praying about this for months. I just gave you what you asked for. So dude, I got you. Yeah. So there you go. I, so that's what happened. Wow. I'm actually getting goosebumps right now, Joe, just talking about this. So, so how did that work out? I mean, like, okay, so you were a cold turkey. Cold turkey. You didn't exactly have a gig booked at this point in time. Dude, nobody even knew who I was. Right. So how did you sell yourself when nobody knew who you were to start doing speeches? So that's another great question. I um, moved into a three-bedroom little, like, uh, they call them flats around mm -hmm. here. And I moved in with two guys. I had no clue who they were. I had a padlock on my door. We shared a kitchen. I was broke, you know, had a little bit of money. And um, I just start calling all of the Kiwanis clubs, Rotary clubs, all of these clubs that I knew did not pay any money. Mm -hmm. They would give you 20 minutes on stage and they fed you. All right. You needed a meal. I needed a meal. <laughs> Joe, I remember I had a old pickup truck that I bought for my brother. The back window was busted out. I remember parking that thing so many times down the street from my gig, <laughs> walking so nobody would see it because you're the guy that has this stuff together, right? right? And here I am, the guy walking to the gig, couldn't wait to do the gig just because I was hungry. Yeah, hoping it, it wasn't going to rain. Right, yeah. And I was freezing because we're from you know Detroit. So yeah, no, that was, wow, uh, was kind of a crazy... Uh, so yeah, I just start, yeah, I just start calling. And back then, Joe, we didn't have the internet. Right. So I had to mail people things. Yeah. Dude, I was broke. 
You could not, I mean, so for me, I was literally so broke that I'm putting these packets together, mm-hmm. sending them out, and then finally I got, I got smart and I would do a trifold. Okay. And mail it as like same, a postcard same, same type postage. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So wow. So you're low budget to begin with. Oh my gosh, so low yeah. budget. So like when a lot, a lot of uh, young folks are, you know, they envision themselves doing something new. They have somebody that is like that peak of the field. Mm-hmm. Who is the motivational speaker that inspired you the most? Another great question. Um, I don't think that it was a motivational speaker that really, I mean, back then, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Robbins, of course, he was, you know, uh, huge yep. back then. Uh, he still he is still huge, is, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, for me, I loved a guy, uh, some of you that are listening right now may know who this guy is, you may not know, and his name is Richard Simmons. Yeah, I and, remember Richard Simmons. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the oldies. sweating to the oldies. He had the big afro, he always had pink shorts on. And, um, he had leg warmers too. He had, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking eighties, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, but you could not watch sweating to the oldies without being inspired and motivated Mm -hmm. by a man that was in malls across the country, Mm -hmm. women coming up to him, just thanking him for what he did. I mean, that guy lost weight. Yeah. I wasn't a big man. It wasn't like I needed to lose weight, Mm -hmm. but I was captivated by, the man he was. Mm-hmm. And when I met Richard in person, I just, I, I'll never forget. I was at the airport and I was like, oh my God, that's Richard Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today. And you know, sometimes you meet famous people mm-hmm. and you're like, what a jerk. He, that, he was not exactly who I thought he were. Right. I met him. He was just standing there. Nobody was talking to him. just walked up to him? I walked right up to him. And then before I got to him, two girls ran up to him. They're like, Richard, Richard. And they're like, can we get our picture taken? And he looked right at me and he goes, will you take our picture? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) And I finally got my turn. And I just said, Richard, I said, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me. And uh, he looked at me. He says, well, what do you mean? And and I told him. I told him the story. And by, by this time, I was already making money being a speaker. And I said, you know, I was never overweight, but I said, the way you come across, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just fell in love with you. And I, I, I wanted to be the same type of person you are. Wow. That's cool. So he took a picture with me and, uh, um, I still have it around here somewhere and, but I'll never for, forget wow, that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony Robbins part did not catch me off guard, but the, uh, Richard Simmons. Yeah. But, but, so. but, but let me say this. Um, why I was telling you that that story, I was thinking about, you know, you have to come up with your your theme, the way that, you know, minds live in the outstanding life mm-hmm. to this day, 25 years. But I had to come up with who I was going to be on stage. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget watching Joel Olstein. Yeah. Okay. But I would turn the volume down. Okay. And just watch his stage presence. Okay. Then I would watch Garth Brooks. Okay. And turn the music down yeah. and watch him on stage. Oh, interesting. So to this day, yeah. if you watch Joel Olstein yeah. and you know who Garth Brooks is yeah. and you see me on stage, yeah. you know where I get it from. Okay. I'm like, Are a, they similar to each other? No, not at all. Okay. okay. Joel is slow. Okay. He pays attention to everybody in the room. Yeah. Garth Brooks is all over the place. He's like a caged animal. Okay. So I'm a little bit of both. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> So you started at some Kiwanis clubs, free meals. How did you get that first keynote address and, and, and where was it? Was it the Disney one? Was that? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was great. Um, this was before cell phones. Okay. And of course it was family, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as you put your name on that business card, that's what you're doing for a living. Yep. You know what I mean? Or at least in my mind, I had to believe it. Right. And I had a relative a cousin that worked for um, Allied Van Lines, and they are a moving company. Okay. And they um, they uh, hired me to do a 20-minute talk. Okay. And they gave me $250. Joe, I sat across the street throwing up. Oh, no. Not wanting to do it. Because at this point... I was great because it was free. Sure. Nobody expected anything from you. The expectations were very low. Very low. And 
now all of a sudden you are the professional, right? You're the entertainer. You're the motivator. I, I walked in there and uh, now at this point I wasn't the motiva- motivational cowboy either. Okay. I was a suit and tie guy, Okay, you know? And um, so I walked in, I did it. I got paid 250 bucks for that 20 minutes. Okay. To this day, I still have that check out in my man cave okay. in the garage and, um, the cashed version, right? You needed the money. I need, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, well, first of all, back then, 25 years ago, I thought I just made 250 bucks yeah. for 20 minutes worth of work. That's good money. Yeah. It was good money. Then it was even good money now. Absolutely. And, um, I, I was like, this is incredible. So I got a taste of the entertainment business of, of getting paid to do what you do. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so when you first started, and this is news to me, you were not the motivational cowboy. No. So how did that come about? Great question. I was, I'll never forget, like, Joe, I mean, I, I remember wearing cowboy boots since I was in second grade. Mm-hmm. I was in high school wearing my corduroys with my cowboy boots. Okay. Got my first cowboy hat from my grandma when I was in fourth grade. Uh, that's when uh, the rhinestone cowboy was yeah. real big and Man. stuff like that. Yeah. And um, so back then... I just love the whole cowboy theme. And I had this PR lady and um, she goes, hey, you know, um, I'm hearing about you wearing your cowboy hat. Like, that's not that's not who you are. Like, you need to stop wearing that stuff. And I was um, at Kid Rock's house one night Mm -hmm. and I had a photo shoot the next day. And uh, she says, hey, listen, um, did you bring a cowboy hat with you? And I Mm -hmm. said, yeah. She goes, go put it on for me. I put it on and she says, there you go. Go home and tear up every tie you have. Like that is who you are. She goes, I was totally wrong. So back then, that's when MySpace was a big thing. Yep. So I was the Detroit cowboy. Okay. And one day my friend Tom says to me, he said, he said something and I said, hey man, from your buddy, the motivational cowboy, he went and bought .com, .org, .everything. And at that point, I was nice. the motivational cowboy. Okay. That's a cool so, story. I didn't know that. So how long did you go in the business before you became the motivational cowboy? Probably four or five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it was quite a while. Yeah. And it, it was there was just something missing. Like people were telling me who I was going to be. And I went with it because... I didn't know who I was and who I wanted to be. So at, at this point, even I was, I was speaking, I was training, I was doing all kinds of different things. I was, uh, I was working the auto show circuit for a year okay. as a presenter. I mean, I did everything I possibly could on a microphone to figure out that I wanted to be a keynote speaker, not a trainer, not a teacher, right? a keynote speaker. Cool. Well, I don't want all these questions to be from me. Um, I know you did a Facebook Live event last night, and there were some uh, questions from social media that came in. Dude, um, you watched it? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> this was, uh, uh, can you share a unique or amusing experience from your early days as a motivational speaker? That's a great question, too. Um, an embarrassing moment, um, I would have to say, would be, uh, I'll never forget, like I just told you, I, I was doing training. Okay. I was doing speaking. I was doing whatever, whatever could put a few bucks in my in my bank account so I could pay the bills. Okay. I would do. I'll never forget I got uh, asked to do some training, a 3-day training out in California. I left the room be, and I gave them an exercise to do. And I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I called my daughter. Went outside because it was beautiful and uh came back to the room and everybody was staring at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Holy cow, I these people love me. This is great. <laughs> and uh, when you're a trainer, you always try to let the people out a little bit early. Sure. I mean, we've, we've been yeah. in training. Yeah. I love the trainer that says, hey, we're going to let you go a half an hour early. So I did. I let them go about a half an hour early. I said, but before I let you go, does anybody have any constructive criticism? This older lady raises her hand and I said, yeah, absolutely. She goes, I just want to say that you were great and we got a lot out of this. She goes, the only advice that I have for you is next time you leave the room and go to the bathroom, you might want to turn your microphone off. (laughs) That's great. I just looked at her, didn't know what to say, Joe. I just said, well, I'm glad it was number one. (laughs) And then she, and then somebody else in the room says to me, it's obvious you love your daughter. That was a very nice oh, conversation right. that you had yeah. with your daughter. Cool. And I was like, well, I'm glad I wasn't with my ex-wife. 
there, there, there's yeah. been a couple of those times, yeah. you know, um, throughout the years, um, there, there was times I got on stage that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. I was in like Montana or something. And I said, good morning, Phoenix. Oh gosh. And everybody's looking at me. A good start. Yeah. Right. And I, and I looked and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the wrong place. Like that's where I was last night. And, um, I said, well, don't we all wish we were in Phoenix right now? <laughs> totally played it off. Okay. So these are like little yeah. tricks that I've right. learned over right. the years by messing up. That, that segues right into the next question. You ever had a, like a, a speech that you've given where you walk off and it's like, ah, oh, that just did not go the way I wanted it to. Thanks for asking that one, Joe. <laughs> Yes. If, if, if the answer is no, that's all. No, no, no. There was one that I was not prepared. Okay. Things were going very well for me. Okay. Busy as heck. I was doing training and um, I did not prepare. Okay. I thought I could just walk in there and be Johnny D. You know, something more where it, it was out of your control. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no. Listen, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? I learned a lesson. Yeah. Because now I over-prepare okay. for everything. Okay. So I, lear I learned a lesson. lesson. Learned. Yeah. And let me tell you, it was, to this day, it was the most horrendous feeling that, you know, I, I tell people, I go, no matter what you do in life, make sure you prepare. Right. Right. No matter how good you think you are. You can't over-prepare. Right? <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. So, yeah. But, okay. I, but, but I'm glad you brought that up because it, it, it wasn't always great. Yeah. It's not always easy. You know, you, you go and... um. You, you give a talk and you don't always walk out of there going, man, I just nailed that yeah. one. Because it, there are times when you're talking in front of hundreds and thousands of people that somebody may walk up to you and you may not think you did a good job. And somebody walks up to you and says, dude, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. cool. Thank you so much. Like that's when you're like, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. You're, you're having an impact, right? Yeah. Like in here, I think I'm, I just messed everything up. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. This came in from social media as well. So David wants to know who is your favorite race car driver to interview? And let's get to that. But yeah, yeah. Let's talk about how did you go from motivational speeches, training, keynote addresses to getting involved with NASCAR? How did that work? Another great question that comes up all the time. And that is I was giving a talk in one of the plants and this guy says, hey, listen, we need a personality, personality like you to go out to one of our drag races. In an MC, and I said, "Oh, Joe, I didn't know what an MC was, <laughs> right?" And back it was MC motivational. <laughs> oh, right. I, I listen. I, I I had no clue about any of this, and back then we didn't have Google. Yeah, he just says, "I said, oh, great." I was like, "I go, I go. What do you need from me?" He goes, "I just need that personality at the event. Okay. I, I I need somebody like you to to bring what we do to life." Okay. And so I start calling around to different agencies saying that I was a company looking for an MC. Okay. So I start like okay. doing homework okay. about what I needed to charge. That's a great idea. Yeah. And so I called the guy back the, a day or two later and said, this is my fee. This is what I need for travel. This is blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, that's how all that started. Wow. And here we are to this day. This is my 25th year wow. with GM okay. as... Um, uh, a guy that does a lot of the NASCAR and yeah. IndyCar races. Yeah. yeah, I started out with Pontiac back in the day. Okay. So for I nine or know. 10 years. They used to make cars back in the yeah, day. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how all, that all started. And, and, and the cool thing is, you know, people say, well, are you an MC or are you a motivational speaker? Yeah. Well, I'm both. Right. When you, when you are a motivational speaker, people hire you to be a personality. Sure. So there's a lot of events that I get to go do yeah. that I don't go just give a keynote talk. I might go there and, and MC their event for them. Okay. Do um, an interview there, like maybe like for NASCAR, I interview all the you know NASCAR drivers sure. on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, but like with Caterpillar, I just did a big gig for them. I, you know, I, I spoke for them as well as I uh, interviewed some of their panels. Okay. And so you just kind of make it fun. Yeah. You take something kind of boring and you yeah. make it fun. Okay. So that's how all that, all that started. All right. So it's been a big part of of, uh, of my career. Okay. So to get back to uh, David's question, who's your uh, favorite race car driver to interview? That is a great question. I mean, 25 years. Um, I, here's the thing, David, first of all, that's a great question. And um, I don't know, Joe, if it's one person. Mm -hmm. I just love what I do. You know what, Joe? I have an answer for you. Okay. 
And David, you may not think that this is the right way to answer this question. I know you are looking for me to say it was, it was Dale, you know, Dale Jr. or Jeff Gordon or you know, Danica Patrick or any of these celebrities. But it's you race fans at the racetrack who I love. I love when they get to ask the questions through me. Okay. And I love seeing the smiles on these kids' faces when, when they get to look at Chase Elliott and they look at him and they, and they get to ask him a question. Or, you know, you got grandparents there asking questions to their favorite driver. So it's not the driver. Mm-hmm. It's the crowds that show up. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great... So, David, great, great question, yeah. but it, it's not the drivers. It's you race fans. So, okay. So now we're, we are lots of years of uh, NASCAR and various race, mm-hmm. uh, you know, emceeing and interviewing under your belt. The idea for the podcast, where did that come from? Another great question. Uh, and Joe, I will, uh, the, the guys have been on my show, um, Greg Stump from Off Excess Paint. Him and his guys paint all the uh, helmets for a lot of the NASCAR drivers. Okay. So all the cool designs on their helmets and stuff. These guys, the, the, the guitar right here in my room, oh, they, yeah, they painted beautiful. that. Beautiful. They painted that. Um, so I was on Greg's show and Greg says to me, he says, Johnny, how come you don't have your own show? Mm-hmm. This was four years ago. Okay. And I says, dude, I'm too busy. Like, it's fun being on shows. Sure. But putting these shows together. It's a lot of work. It is work. And, uh, I said, I don't have time. He says, listen, I think that you should do this. I said, don't try to motivate the motivational cowboy. (laughs) So one day I just said, you know what? People keep asking me about my podcast. I should have a podcast. So I finally just said, okay, it's a sign. Okay. All right, Lord, you win, right? Yeah. And uh, so I went and bought the equipment. It's grown since then. That's how it started. Okay. It was was people that pushed me into it. Being on everybody else's show, they're like, you need to have your own show. So this is going on your fifth year, right? Fourth. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or, or it's been over four years. It's going on. Uh, yes, yeah. you're right. It's going so it's on my fifth year. 2018. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So more than a hundred episodes. Under yeah. Hell now let's talk about the best episode. Best. And you can define best however you want. <laughs> Joe, that is like saying who's your favorite kid. Yeah, okay. Most memorable. Joe, I don't know if I can give you one, but I will say okay. this. I've had people on my show mm-hmm. that are no longer with us. Okay. And I love getting messages years later from family Mm -hmm. saying, thank you. Thank you for letting me listen to my dad again. That's awesome. Thank you for letting me listen to my daughter Mm -hmm. again. Nice. Thank you for letting me listen to my great grandma. Mm -hmm. I didn't know her, but I got to hear her voice because of you. Nice. So I don't know if it's, I mean, because Joe, I've had rock stars on the Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. I've had country stars on the show. I've had 97-year-old women on the show. Yeah, I remember that. And I've had six-year-old on the show. Right. So I don't know if I could pick out okay. one because even the episodes I do with you and the inspiration that you bring to the table, just like this past year, you motivated me to write my third book mm-hmm. because you were so determined to do your book. I'm like, well, why am I sitting on my butt? Yeah. If he's doing it little by little, why can't I? Sure. So- you know, it's people like you that have been on the show, but it's everybody who's been on the show. Okay. I've learned a lot too. Yeah. You know, I've, 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 that was, was going to be my next question. Like, oh, what, what, yeah. What are the best lessons you know, well, and, and, and how has it changed you? Yeah. Like, like some of them I can't believe. Mm-hmm. I, I talk to people like, like the firefighters mm-hmm. and now they're married, right? They're a married couple, but I didn't realize how terrible the public treats firemen and fire ladies. Mm-hmm. I blew my mind that people could be so cruel that they are actually going through a red light Mm -hmm. to a fire and people are flipping them off and being negative towards them or, you know, parking their trucks in front of, you know, Kroger or Meyer. because listen, yeah, they got to go shopping, but if they get the call, they got to run out, right? They got to leave. Right. But people complain about them not being able to get their cart through or I, it just boggled my mind. Mm. Some of the other thing is, you know, you think that you, especially with, with, with the famous people, you realize that they are just like us. Right. They're no different than us, yeah. man. They love sharing their, their stories. Okay. They love, you know, just being a part of whatever they're a part of. If it, if it was rock and roll, if it was country. And it, I love having people that didn't even realize they had a story. Okay. Hmm. That's the coolest thing. It's yeah. like they, they listen back going, I didn't realize I was kind of cool. Yeah. 
I'm like, no, you are super cool. <laughs> so the title of the podcast, uh, The Outstanding Life, mm-hmm. um, that is a great title. I mean, was that hard to get like the uh, rights to that name or? Believe it or not, knock on wood, no. No, okay. it was there. Okay. So, I mean, because Joe, you know, people may say, well, why do you always use the word outstanding? Yeah. Well, if you look at the word outstanding and you look at it backwards, it means to stand out, mm-hmm. to rise above the rest and be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You can't be any more different than a cowboy from Detroit. This is true. Yeah. So that's what my podcast is all about. It's a place where I can share other people's okay. stories. I may not be able to motivate yeah. everybody, but yeah. guess what? All of these guests... Over a hundred guests could motivate the people listening to my show. Okay. So after a hundred episodes, if I were to put you on the spot, what is an outstanding life? Have you, have you ever thought about that? 100% Joe, 100% and been there for years. Okay. It takes a lot to get to a place in life that you say I've made it. And I don't mean make it financially. I mean, made it because no matter what, Joe, I've done so many cool things Mm -hmm. in my career, 25 years of doing this. I don't regret anything. Good. Not one thing. I've done things that people could only dream of and I get to do it every week. That's great. And I don't mean that by bragging. I mean, I love what I get to do every single day. So an outstanding life to me is... I can wake up every single morning, look in the mirror, and love that guy. That's great. To me, that's an outstanding life. Mm -hmm. An outstanding life to me is every single day that I can call my daughter and tell her that I love her. That's an outstanding life. When I can put a smile on a stranger's face, that's an outstanding life, Joe. So is it the big house? Is it the money? Is it the nice cars? Is it any of those things? Absolutely not. But those three or four things when I can wake up every single day and know that I'm trying, Mm -hmm. to me, that's living the outstanding life. That's great. I think we could agree. You you feel you're living the outstanding life, right? So for a person that's living the outstanding life, where do you you go from here? Like what keeps you motivated still when when you're already at that point where you can say, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing good. What keeps you motivated? I, another great question, Joe. You definitely did your homework. But dude, it's doing the same thing that I'm doing. It's the same thing I've been doing for 10 years. And, 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 and it's probably been eight or 10 years that I finally said, listen, man, you got it together. You're doing it. Nobody can tell me anymore, Joe. Nobody. I mean, there were people, so many people. I told you earlier that even my dad told me how dumb I was mm-hmm. to give up everything to be a speaker. It's all those people that told me no. Mm-hmm. Now I can say, you know what? No matter who tells me no, I'm doing it. Good. I'm doing it with you or without you. And that's why, you know, when people say, well, I can do what you do. Well, that's great. Do it. Do it. Right. You know, it's, it's just like the podcast. It was a big deal for me to do my first one. It was a big deal to hit number 10. It was a big deal to hit 25. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal to hit 50. And I was like, okay, I, I, can, I can be done now. But now it's like, wow. I mean, who would have ever thought that I would be on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM? Who would have ever thought my podcast would get picked up on radio stations? I mean, dude, that's, to me, that's cool. It's not bragging. It's, it's just neat that when you do things for the right reasons, good things happen to you. Great. So you had talked about your dad, um, not exactly approving of your choice to quit a fortune. He hated it. I'm sure he did. (laughs) I was trying to water that down. Um, but yeah, I know your dad's gone now, but if he were to look down upon you, you think he'd be proud of his son? Joe, some people don't get the opportunity to hear their father or their mother or their friend or their spouse say, I was proud of you. Mm-hmm. I got to hear it. Great. My dad got to hear me speak. He did. That's awesome. And when I say that uh, my dad looked tough, he was tough. He looked tough. I mean, he had a big gray beard, long hair, had piercing blue eyes. And uh, he got to hear me speak in front of, a, I don't know, two or 300 people. And after I got done, I walked behind the stage and my dad came, he looked at me, he hugged me and he started crying. Oh, that's great. And he says, now I know why you gave up everything. Wow. What I just saw was amazing. 
And my dad called me every day to tell me how proud he was of me and how much he loved me cool. and how much he was happy that I did not listen to him. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if I recall correctly, your dad was a, a auto industry guy, right? Dream yeah. Maker or something? Yeah. He was a, a die maker. Yeah. So he probably pushed you to follow in his foot, footsteps and uh, uh, no, no, no. He, no, he wanted me to go to college. He was, mad when I quit college. Oh, okay. okay. Mad. Um, yeah. I did everything backwards. Okay. You know so what I mean? Quit college, probably disappointed him then, but then you succeeded yeah. in the business world yeah. and quit and disappointed him again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. in the end he was quite proud of you then. Yeah. I mean, you know, and for me, I just look back sometimes. I mean, I have bad days like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've been out to my man cave. Yep. And some people say I have multiple man caves <laughs> in this house, but you know, there are pictures of me um, in the man cave. And when I have those bad days, I go and I remember what's, what's the word, um, uh, reminisce yep. and look and say, look at that. I got to do all these things. Mm-hmm. How can you not be happy? I literally can, you know, can die tonight, man. And just, and know that I, I was the best of me I could possibly be. Great. Now, of course I got to, I work on it every day. Sure, sure. I'm not like, you know, tapping out saying I'm yeah. done. I want to be that guy. Okay. You know, I've, it's, it's like you created this guy. Now you have to be that guy. Okay. So how have you handled setbacks and failures in your life? And how do you inspire others to persevere with their own issues? And, you know, one thing that comes to mind is that, you know, I knew you during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the pandemic was probably pretty tough on motivational speakers. Yeah. Right? And any keynote address, your NASCAR business was yeah. basically non-existent. So you had a lot of time to think, didn't you? And yeah. I know, I know, and I found out that I do not, and I'm not ready to retire. Okay. I know that. Okay. Um, what was the question again? So it's just, how do you handle setbacks and failures? Oh yeah, setbacks. So I, you know, it's going to happen all the time. Sure. I write about it, Joe. Mm-hmm. I podcast about it. Yeah. Why? Because if I'm feeling that way, how many other millions of people are, are feeling the exact same way? Right. So I turn it into a story. I turn it into part of my talk. Mm-hmm. Because in my talks, people, when a keynote speaker get, get, gets up there for uh, you know 15 minutes to an hour, people don't remember the facts, figures, and principles. Mm-hmm. But when you put the facts, figures, and principles into a great story, and you walk out of the room remembering my story, subconsciously, you remember the facts, figures, and principles. Mm-hmm. So my setbacks are my setups for my next talk. Okay. All right. So I, I, I hope that makes no, sense. No, that's, that's a really great way of answering that question. So I know, you know, motivation is in, in your title. Um, are you a habit oriented guy? I mean, do you, do you, where, where's the line between motivation and habits in your personal life? And the reason I ask, and I, I didn't mean to turn this into a brief uh, therapy session for myself <laughs> here, but you know, I'm a habit guy. My motivation ain't, is not great, but I got good habits. So I yeah. feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. But, yeah. But I think, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they struggle with the motivation, but how do you develop those habits when the motivation might be lacking or do you got to do you feel like you have to develop the motivation to keep the habits in check i think that you need to have both okay you got to have good habits sure like i get up every morning i have a a cup of coffee i you know i take my blood pressure i you know do all the right things and i also understand i mean especially as men right Mm -hmm. we don't always want to go and ask for help or for motivation or inspiration. So sometimes we have to find it ourselves. And to me, that's the fun part of it. Listen, there are days that, you know, you, you think to yourself, well, I need some motivation. So, I mean, I just go make sure I go and I talk to other people. Okay. Because I know that if I make them smile, it's making me smile. Right. Dude, it doesn't cost a dime to put a smile on people's faces. Yeah. So I, I think that... Um, Habits are great mm-hmm. as long as they're the right habits. Right. Because we both know that the wrong habits can kill you. Right. So find those good habits. Find those good people around you. Get rid of the negative people around you. And the motivation will come. Okay. Because when, when you're feeling good, you want you. Dude, it's like, it's like having a couple beers and having that little bit of a buzz. And you're like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah. Well, I feel the same flipping way. When, when I make somebody smile. Right. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. I mean, look at me right now. You can't, 
we're not, I'm having water. The dopamine is flowing. I, it is. It, I, I get, I get fired up, man. Oh, that's great. All right. All right. So a little, a uh, little deeper one. Uh-oh. Um, uh, all right. So we talked about universal principles, but here it is. So when you are gone, what do you want people to say about you? Well, you mean gone? You mean, well, yeah, I mean, no, like, like yeah, no not here. No, with us. yes. Before I answer that, Joe, I just want to say thank you for for doing this podcast. I'm actually oh having gosh, fun. I'm having fun as well. It's you know, um, like I said in the beginning, I was really nervous about this. Mm-hmm. So, and and people would, they probably wouldn't believe me when I say that I get nervous too. Yeah. And um, so, thank you for first of all doing your homework. Yeah. You know, and 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 just having fun with me. So. Um, so I just want to say thanks. But um, so when I'm not here, what do I want people to re- or how I want people to remember me? That is a great question. And a long time ago, I thought about this, Joe. OK. And I live for it all the time because tomorrow. Or t- yeah. Tomorrow is promised to nobody. And that is, Joe, I when people think of motivation or inspiration, I want people to remember Johnny D, the motivational cowboy when they need that motivation or that inspiration. I want to be on everybody's self-development shelf. Okay. Or in their library. Okay. You know, I think that that's why, I mean, I've back in the day I had tapes, I had CDs. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of my CDs were Grammy, you know, considered and, and, you know, m- my books and, and, and I'm not done. Yeah. And that's why the podcast, Yeah. like it bothers me when I have a list of people that I want to have on my show and I can't get to them fast enough. Okay. Not that I'm scared I'm going to die tomorrow, Yeah, but I want to make sure that I get their story told. Okay. Because once it's in the cloud, it's, it's there, there forever. Yeah. So I'm hope I, I hope I'm answering yeah, no, I, your I, question. I, I, and, I, you know, I, yeah, it, it'll stink that I'm not here, but if I, if, here, just like the podcast, if I could feel getting back, if when I'm gone and I feel like I've given those other families that feeling of being able to hear their grandmother or their grandfather mm-hmm. or their daughter. That's what I want. Okay. I want right. that feeling in other people's living lives. Okay. So if I, that's kind of deep, but do you understand? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. So if I were a, a professor of motivational speaking Uh-oh. and I wanted to go to the library of, are you going to make me think now, Joe? Yeah. Is there like one, and, and if there's not, is, but is there like one keynote address that you have a tape of that you would say, ah, oh, this is, this is me at my best or, or, or even a podcast episode where you're like, yeah, I, I did a good job of interviewing there or it, and, and you know what, and we can even, you know, turn the, the question a little bit if, if, uh, you don't like that one. No, it's good. Um, it's good. But, you know, I was just thinking about this in terms of you today versus 25 years ago when you were just starting out and you saw... When I had no gray? Well, well no, you know, <laughs> when you saw somebody else and you're just like, that guy or that woman just killed it with the speech. Um, well, it goes back to what I said just a little bit yeah. ago and that is, I can think that I gave the best talk ever Yeah, and I walk out and two people say, hey, great job. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then I could walk out thinking, man, I bombed that one story yeah. and then someone's like, they didn't know what the story was. Yeah. It's my story. Yeah. They don't know. So you walk out and all of a sudden you got a line, a block long of people wanting your autograph. Right. Because you nailed it. But you felt like you didn't nail it. Uh, Joe, when you have no expectation, that's when the magic happens. Okay. You don't walk into a room going, I'm going to motivate these 30,000 people. Mm -hmm. You say, I'm going to go in and do my best. Okay. I learned a long time ago, Joe. At what point does a motivational speaker earn that paycheck? Mm-hmm. Is it when a hundred people walk out and say, great job? Yeah. Is it 10 people? Hmm. It's one, Joe. It's that when that one person walks up to you and say, wow, you changed my life. You changed my perspective. Mm-hmm. Because that one person internally can motivate somebody. Hmm. Now it's two. Two turns into four. Four turns into eight. Yeah. Do the math. Next thing you know, you planted the seed. Yeah. That one person ran with it. You 
you're making a difference every time you go and speak somewhere. I, we're planting seeds right now yeah. to people listening. Well, that's really interesting because you know, often you think about um, you know in commerce when you're, you're making a product or selling a service, you know who what's your deliverable? In your case, your deliverable is variable because you don't know how many people you're going to motivate or inspire. It's uh, it's kind of an open question every time you get up on that stage. Every single time you wow, have no idea. Huh. You know, so yeah, it's that just kind of cool. Uh, that is interesting. And I think we had talked about this before, um, but regrets. You're saying you're, you have no regrets. Now. And I'm sure that doesn't mean you've done everything perfect. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I just mean now sitting yeah. back. Yep. I'm looking at all the cool things that I've got to do. Because again, you know, it, it's like that old song, um, How Do You Like Me Now? Yep. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, I'm doing it, Joe. Nobody yeah. can tell me that I'm not doing it. I go out there every single possible time I can and do it. And I give my best. Yeah. And I hope that my best is good enough. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it is remarkable. I, I remember, yeah. So uh, obviously, we went to high school together. Yeah, we lost, lost touch uh, with each other for a couple decades. Yeah, but I remember <laughs> in that meantime, reading about you in the local paper. Yeah, I don't even know if it's still around. Yeah, the News Herald. Herald. Yeah. And uh, there was a, an article on you. And uh, it's like, well, it's got to be the same guy. Nobody else can spell our last name like yeah. that. And it's like, that guy's a motivational speaker? Like, how did that happen? It's yeah. Like, you know, now all these later years later, I'm sitting here with you, and I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm very Thank proud you. Of you. I appreciate you, you've that. Done, you've done a remarkable job with your career and, you know, helped a lot of people, inspired a lot of people, and uh, you, should, you should be proud of Yeah, and, and I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, just like, you know, I, I go Facebook Live as much as I can. And, yep. And yesterday, there were, there were people that I, I knew when I was eight years old just saying, hey, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. watched everything that you've done, and it just means so much to me. We can't say it enough. We may look at people and think that they have it together. Right. And they may. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't need to hear or somebody tell them to have a great day. Right. It's not their job. It's yeah. our jobs no, agreed. to do it yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So people walking in the work, it's not always your boss's job to ask you how you're doing. Why don't you ask him or her? Right. I bet yeah. you they would love that. Yeah. Self-reflection or seeking external feedback? Self-reflection. Okay. I'm a visualizer. Okay. And something that I always do when I'm training other speakers, and um, it doesn't matter in life, if you can take that 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes, come to a calming place, close your eyes and visualize what is going to happen, most of the time it's going to happen. I do it all the time. I actually did it before this podcast. Okay. You know, I was a little nervous. I'm like, hey, listen, I, you know, I don't even know why I was nervous. It's, you know, it's my show. It's my right. story, right? But, I mean, so, <laughs> but again, it just goes back to, you know, I mean, we are all, we all have insecurities. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess and say that there's probably times where you've got some feedback that you thought was really oh, beneficial to you. 100%. Personally, what I use, I like to visualize. Okay. So yeah, But I love constructive criticism. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. When you're, <laughs> you're selling your services. Do you obtain some feedback so you know like how to improve? Oh, yeah. Or, oh. 100%. Yeah, I have a questionnaire that goes out before uh -huh. and one that comes back. I see. And, okay. Or, or if, if they don't want to do like mine on the way back, I ask for their information because every time somebody has a meeting or a conference, they always have a questionnaire after the conference. Okay. So I go back to whoever booked me and I just ask them, hey, listen, can I get some of that feedback or can you give me some of that feedback? How about this? Uh, learning from successes or learning from setbacks? Setbacks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely learn from successes, but yeah. the setbacks, man, that, listen, that's the fun part yeah, of it. I agree. You know, I agree. You know that, that's like, you know, people often ask, they're like, are you looking forward to getting to the top of your business? Right. And I'm like, heck no, I don't want to do it alone. I want everybody to come with me on this journey. And that's why I say that this podcast is not my podcast. It's our podcast. It's yeah. our show. I, every single listener out there that's listening to this, this is ours. It's not mine. Yeah. Because when I do make it to another level, I want to have the biggest flipping party and say, look what we did. Yeah. I don't want to be up at the top of the summit and be by myself and say, look yeah. what I did. Right. Woo woo. Okay. I just, yeah. Cool. 
All right. So we're approaching the end of our time here. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to leave your audience with after 25 plus years in this business and meeting countless people, 100 plus podcast episodes? What do you want to say? I just want to say thank you to everybody listening. It means so much to me that every single week you put out a show, you put out a podcast. Uh, My friends at Dirt Road Radio, people, you know, send me emails and say thanks for the show. I just want to thank you guys. You guys are the ones that motivate and inspire me every single day to keep being the person that I tell you that I am. You folks are the ones that hold me accountable for the man that I want to be. And I continue to better myself every day because of you. And I just want to say thank you. I want to leave everybody with maybe just a couple quotes and uh, ones that I live by every single day. And one of them is, um, life is to be consumed. Grab it with both hands and chew like heck. And, and the other one is this. Life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to it. One more, Joe, and and, and it's this. How high I aim, how much I see, how far I reach depends on me. So, you know, those are just a couple quotes that that I live by, and I absolutely... That's um, great. You know, Johnny, I just want to say you know, thank you very much for letting me uh, sit on this side of the mic. You and, stole uh, my show, Joe. You literally, you stole uh, my show. It really is quite an honor to be able to interview you, especially in your own studio. And, uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure. And I appreciate all the work that you do. And I'm a big fan. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. And I'm going to leave everybody with this. To the world, we may be one person. But to one person, we may be the whole world. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourself an outstanding day. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and don't forget to go to my YouTube channel. You can find me at all of those at Motivational Cowboy. And remember, if you're looking for a motivational speaker for your next gig, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. Thanks again, everyone. And Joe, thank you. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Are you planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker? I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And don't forget to check out my Outstanding Life podcast every Sunday here on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Have an outstanding day. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.